Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocked big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, A History of the World in Six Glasses. When it comes to living, water is the most vital resource to human survival after breathing. No life can exist without water. Tens of thousands of years ago, people could not transport and store water because there were no containers. In order to obtain sufficient water supplies, civilizations would settle at places close to rivers, lakes, and springs, which were ideal places for living. 10,000 years ago, humans discovered other drinks besides water. Those drinks were not as readily available as water, and their brewing processes were complicated. But still, the emergence of those drinks challenged the status of clean water that had sustained humans for a long time. Among those drinks, six of them were of great importance in regard to influencing us to make the transition from the nomadic hunter-gatherer lifestyle to the sedentary, settled farming life, and then to the modern era. They not only satisfied people's needs, but also evolved along with historical trends and even affected historical events in unexpected ways. They are beer, wine, spirits, coffee, tea, and Coca-Cola. Today we are going to talk about the history of these six everyday drinks. What are the untold stories behind their rich flavors and how did they affect the course of human history? We will find the answers in this book. The author of this book is Tom Standage. He is the deputy editor of The Economist, a best-selling author, and has graduated from Oxford University with a major in engineering and computer science. As a multi-genre writer, Standage specializes in diving into history from new and original perspectives. This book is a history of the world narrated from the perspective of different drinks, offering an intriguing taste of world history. As we dive in, we will divide the key ideas into three parts. Part 1, Three Glasses That Contain Alcohol. Part 2, Three Glasses That Contain Caffeine. Part 3, The Impact of These Six Glasses on Historical Trends. Part 1, Three Glasses That Contain Alcohol. Beer, wine, and spirits all contain alcohol. The first glass that we will discuss is beer. We may think that beer is a product of modern times, but it is in fact one of the oldest drinks in human history after water. To trace its origin, we have to take a look at the Fertile Crescent around 10,000 BC. People at that time had not yet started farming and were nomads. One day while they were processing their food, people suddenly discovered that porridge that had been left alone for a few days went through mysterious changes. This was especially so when the porridge was made with damp grains. It would become fizzy and that porridge was delicious. It was also slightly intoxicating. So, what happened? Let's take a look at the process. When grains become moistened, they produce a kind of enzyme that converts starch into maltose sugar. When the porridge was left undisturbed for some days, the sugar in it ferments into alcohol under the effect of wild yeasts in the air, and the porridge becomes beer. This was the secret behind how beer came to be. Beer was not invented but accidentally discovered. There is no way to say for sure who discovered such a phenomenon or produced the first barrel of beer. But what we can be certain of is that people were full of excitement after the discovery of beer and tinkered around with it a lot. They experimented profusely with it, changing the taste and strength of the beers they brewed. From this, they developed a huge variety of beers, and it began to prosper in that part of the world.
Around 300 BC, Egypt and Mesopotamia gave birth to the earliest civilizations in the world. Beer, which was the symbolic drink of the people in that place, gave them a sense of superiority. They believed that people who drank beer were civilized, and those who didn't were barbarians. Both great civilizations believed that beer was a gift from the gods and weaved many myths about how the gods invented beer before they subsequently taught humankind how to make it to substantiate their stories. Beer was therefore used in various religious and sacrificial ceremonies. Beer was also a part of their main diet. Regardless of wealth, gender or age, every person drank beer. Back then, friends especially enjoyed drinking beer with reed straws from one jar, which, they believed, was a gesture of friendship. Beer was also a form of payment. The construction workers who built the pyramids were paid in beer. At that time, the standard reparation for one laborer was three to four loaves of bread and four liters of beer. The distribution of such rations required the use of symbols for record-keeping purposes. These symbols subsequently evolved into early cuneiform writing. Through those early records, we gained more insight into beer. For example, the oldest recipes and the earliest records of alcohol use are related to beer. The names of beer found in literature were very interesting. Some of the beer names mentioned in Egyptian poems sounded like modern advertising slogans, such as the beautiful and good, the heavenly, the joy bringer, and the addition to the meal. If the people of Egypt and Mesopotamia were given a chance to travel to ancient Greece and Rome thousands of years later, they would not have imagined that they who considered themselves to be civilized people would at that time become the barbarians who drink beer. Next, we will talk about the second glass, wine. Just like beer, it is unverifiable when the first jar of wine was made. The oldest physical proof to date is a clay pot dating from 5400 BC with wine residues in it. When wine first appeared, it represented privilege and luxury. In 870 BC, an extremely luxurious banquet hosted in the kingdom of Assyria was proof of this. More than 70,000 people attended this banquet. In addition to tens of thousands of different types of livestock, the choice of drinks also reflected the king's impressive wealth, and there were 10,000 skins of wine. Those wines were imported from mountain regions thousands of miles away, which fully demonstrated the king's vast sphere of influence. And because the wine was imported, its price was more than 10 times higher than that of beer. Since the 7th century BC, when ancient Greece began to grow grapes on a large commercial scale, wine quickly made its way into the homes of ordinary people, and even slaves were able to enjoy it. People in the upper classes, in turn, gave special attention to what kind of wine they drank and its age to show their status. Another important element was how people drank their wines. People at that time believed how you drank your wine represented your innermost nature. In their eyes, those who drank wine mixed with water were noble and civilized people, and those who drank beer and unmixed wine were barbarians since people would become violent and even mad when they got drunk. They were also particular about the type of equipment they used to drink the wine, the furnishings of the room where they partook, and there were also specific guidelines on how to enjoy wine. Athenian philosopher Plato also commented that drinking could test a person's character. True enough, people at that time liked to hold social drinking parties, where they could discuss and pursue wisdom and truth while drinking. But in fact, there were a lot of cases where parties escalated into orgies and violent incidents. 
Just like what Athenian playwright Eubulos wrote in one play, for sensible men I prepare only three craters, one for health, which they drink first, the second for love and pleasure, and the third for sleep. The fourth crater is not mine anymore it belongs to bad behavior. Later, the ancient Romans replaced the ancient Greeks and became the overlord of the Mediterranean basin, and the Italian peninsula soon became the world's largest wine-producing area. Like the ancient Greeks, no matter rich or poor, everyone could drink wine in ancient Rome. To reflect wealth, learning how to recognize and differentiate all kinds of fine wines became compulsory for the rich in ancient Rome. Therefore, people's appreciation of wine attained new heights during that time. Wine also became a symbol of social class, marking the social status and wealth of its drinkers. It was this phenomenon that completely changed Marcus Antonius's life. As an ancient Roman statesman, he got involved in a political struggle. Antonius then hid in a friend's house who was of much lower social status than his. However, his friend gave him away unintentionally when he looked for a wine that was befitting of Marcus' social status. Eventually, his opponents beheaded him. In addition, the wine parties in ancient Rome also paid great attention to social hierarchy. The host would arrange seats according to social status, and people of different status would drink different wines. Next, we will talk about the third glass, spirits. The spirits mentioned here do not refer to any particular kind of drink. It is a collective term for alcoholic drinks such as brandy, rum, and whiskey. When it comes to spirits, we must mention the most important technique, distillation. At the beginning of the first millennium AD, the Arabs improved the distillation technique used to produce perfume to distill wine to extract high-concentrated spirits for medicinal purposes. Later, distillation technology was introduced to Europe, and distilled wine slowly became a drink. It is called brandy in English. Distilled spirits were especially popular in the cold northern Europe regions. The people really liked the hot burning sensation they got when they drank spirits. Moreover, since wines in northern Europe were scarce and expensive, if one mastered the distillation technique, one could use local beer to distill spirits. Soon, spirits became popular in northern Europe and people called it whiskey. Right around this time, Europeans were exploring the whole world and voyaging across the vast oceans. Portugal was the first to begin its colonial expansions, and they started with the Atlantic Islands. They then decided to produce sugar in that colony. To solve the problem where they lacked laborers, they started a slave trade. The currency used to pay slave traders and the remuneration of boatmen and guards was brandy. Brandy has a high percentage of alcohol and stable nature, making it more suitable for sea transportation than wine. Later, people in the colonies discovered a leftover called molasses from sugar-making, and it can be used to produce spirits. As a result, rum came to life. Because of the low cost of production, rum was very cheap compared to other spirits. Slave owners not only drank it themselves, but also let the slaves drink it as well. They wanted slaves to become dependent on alcohol to better control them. People sold rum to passing ships and shipped them abroad. As a result, rum became very popular among the sailors. After 1655, the Royal Navy fleet in the Caribbean used rum as a daily ration for soldiers. Here we come to the end of part one of today's bookie, three glasses containing alcohol. The first glass is beer. It is a symbol of early human civilization. 
Together with bread, it served as people's food and wages. The second glass is wine, which is synonymous with civilization and elegance. It had also witnessed the prosperity of trade in ancient Greece and Rome. The third glass is spirits. How they came into existence and the later forms they took on can be attributed to the improvement of distillation technology. Because of their high alcohol concentration and stable natures, spirits were the prime choice of drinks during the age of expeditions. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.